Hey guys, welcome. I'm recording the, the message for today, and we're also going to have house fellowship tonight at six o'clock mountain, which will stream live roughly about 6.30 p.m. mountain after everybody's get, had a glass of wine and food and snacks, whatever they do here. And so uh, you can get that at freedomministries.live. Password is freedom. And then Sundays at 10 a.m. mountain and 6 p.m. mountain, uh, we do an online fellowship where people can ask questions. We can go into this more deeply. And same thing, freedomministries.live, passwords freedom, when we're around. And so last week, we were obviously uh, went to an amazing Chris Bodie concert in Naples, Florida with my girlfriend, also known as my wife. Some of you guys get confused. And it was awesome. It was We just spent a couple of days there. And uh, then we went up to Atlanta to Barb's godmother. And uh, they're amazing. This Jewish family is amazing. And maybe I'll talk about that in the fellowships tomorrow. And it's, it's interesting. I had really three really, really interesting conversations this week. Um, really just uh, makes me appreciate what we're sharing in, in the scriptures and, you know, her perspective being Jewish of, of how the scriptures were written is actually, um, she has a much better understanding of the history of scripture and, and uh, uh, where it comes from in Aramaic versus Christianity itself, which is really interesting, is how we were interpreted the scriptures in the West. And so anyway, enough of that. We're not going to talk about all that tonight, but we're going to talk about uh, we share in the nature of God again from 1 Corinthians 5 and uh, creating something from nothing. We know there's something, uh, and what I'm talking about is how do we create something physical out of apparently nothing, because we, which we know there is, there is uh, it's impossible to have nothing because there is. God is. He's the eternal being, the ever-existent one all by himself, which is nature is I am. And the scriptures say you participate in that nature. And uh, we'll go through this a little bit deeper, which is just awesome if you really understand it. Um, but anyway, so we'll title that. You share in the nature of God, creating something from nothing in parentheses. And, uh, uh, but let me just go. So we're, we're taught all these different things that um, he's, the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And I and the Father are one, and He's given us the same glory that He has. And so, imagine the, a couple of questions here. I wrote some notes. Is if God desired to do anything for anybody or do anything, first of all, could He do it? And I think the answer to all of us is yes, of course. Um, he's God. All things are possible to God, and all things are possible to us who believe that we share in the same nature of God. And so, uh, now, this we've seen that the kingdom doesn't come with anything observable, and this is where the something from nothing, apparently nothing comes from, but we know it's the spirit, it's the quantum, literally, of how all creation works. Um, what does God do? And this came up uh, when I was answering back to someone on uh, an email. If God wanted to do this for your family, how could he do it? Yes. How would he do it? Think about that. Most people have never thought about that. Well, if we share in the same nature of God and he's given us the kingdom and uh, we have the ability to create just like he creates, well, how does he do it? And that's interesting. He doesn't come with anything observable, so you can't see him coming down here and, and making it happen, but it happens if he wants it to happen. Here's how simple it is. The nature of God that will be forever and ever is I am. So here's what he does. He says, this is how it's going to be. And he places his attention there, and it becomes. And that's exactly how we function, guys, if you understand it, is we can choose any outcome, accept it as real, place our attention there, and the quantum world, the, 
the unlimited presence of God, everything bends and shapes and brings itself into that. And it becomes just because we've decided to do something and we've decreed a thing, a king decrees something. He's given us his kingdom. It says kings decree things and it happens. I've seen a lot of people running around yelling. Um, that's not what he's talking about. It's, it's, the, it's what's the seed, the debar, the word coming out of us. Just like the first life that we partake in, the seed comes out of the man and it creates all by itself into the womb of the woman. The womb of the woman is submissive to the seed of the man and creates the life that was in that seed. And then we see there's something bigger and deeper that uh, if we cast out anything into the sea, which is yam, the finished work of the waters that give birth is literally sea. So we're constantly sending a message or a debar out into the world and it responds to us. That's the most magnificent thing. That's where we share in the glory of God. So just as if God wanted anything to happen, he decides it's going to be and he sees it as if it's done. He places his attention as if that's done and it becomes we have the same ability, guys. So let me show you from scripture. Um, and uh, uh, all right, effective prayer, 1 John 5. I'm going to start in verse 13. I'm really just going to get through that verse because I've gone through the rest of it for you. And it says, I've written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Now, most people would say, um, he's written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. And they they would say, oh, that's Jesus. But we look at it, there's not, it's not even talking about that here. And it says, oh, his name. We know his name. It's as if they're winning a quiz in Jeopardy or something. Oh, I know his name. His name is Jesus Christ. That's not what the scriptures are saying, unfortunately. That's how poor we've been taught in Western, Western uh, interpretation of the scriptures. So believe is, I believe something. It just becomes natural. It's who you are. In the name, name is the character, integrity uh, from Genosco. It's the very essence, uh, the name of a goat carries the nature of the goat. The name of a, a, a cow carries the very nature of the essence. You can't get away from it. That was the name, not somebody's title like, oh, people know my name, which is Mike Popovich. Oh, I believe in his name. I believe his name is Mike Popovich. Okay, so somehow knowing that gives me eternal life or even knowing if the Western interpretation, oh, I know that his name is Jesus Christ. Now I know I have eternal life. That's not what it's saying. So let's look at this. I'm writing these things to you who believe in the name, the very nature, the, the essence, the character, um, the manifestation of revelations of someone's character distinguished from all else. Well, a cow is different from a goat. A goat is different from a horse. We are different than anything else because as we see in scripture where it says uh, in the narrative where Jesus is talking to Peter, Peter, who do you say that the son of Anthropos, any man born of a woman, who do you say that any man born of a woman is? He says, that is the son of God. And I'll show you what that means. And he says, ah, this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. This is a different kind of nature. This isn't this human life nature. This is a different nature of the spirit man, Jesus Christ within us. And so who believe in the name of the son, and it's just huyos. It's huyos. It's, it's sometimes it's capitalized. Sometimes it's not interesting. They just choose to capitalize it when it suits their purpose. But it says, I want to show you something. Properly a son by birth or adoption, figuratively, anyone sharing the nature, same nature as their father. Ain't that interesting? So if a cat gives birth to a cat, they share the very name and nature of what they came from, of the seed of that father, which is a cat. Oops, 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 sorry. Uh, so here's what it's saying. <clears throat> we have written these things to you who believe that you, the, the, the character, the nature, the very integrity of one who shares the same nature as their father, which is God. So here's what he's saying. 
I'm writing to you so that you believe you have the same nature of your father, God, the all-being ever-present one. Why? So that you may know, you can personally experience, you, you remember, remember literally, if you look at it, it's, it's zakar in Hebrew, it means to be fertilized and be a male, meaning you can plant seed just like your father does, and it becomes that you have eternal life, that you have that you have, you possess, you hold on to it, eternal life, Zoe. But I want to look at this eternal. Most people are like, oh, that, that's uh, forever and ever life, uh, eternal life, because that's what we were taught in Sunday school. But let's read it, what it actually says. This is really interesting. It's Ionios. Ionios does not focus on the future per se, whoa, but rather on the quality of the age. There's this life, and there's the life to come in Scripture. There's the physical life, the first man, the, old, the older brother, and then there's the brother within every one of us, Jesus Christ. The second man is the Lord from heaven, Jesus Christ. It relates to, thus believes, thus believers live in eternal, 166 Ionios, life right now. Has to be, because God's nature is forever and ever as I am. So experiencing the quality of, life, quality of God's life now as a present possession. It has to be, guys, because the nature of God never changes. So he's saying, you share in this life. The Spirit of God is literally in us and breathes so we can have life, but we can also partake in the life to come. And every human being is going to partake in this life, guys, despite what the, the evangelists on Sunday morning are trying to tell you. It's just all misinterpretation and mistranslation of Scripture. And that was a really another fundamental uh, talk I had this week, which was so good. And it was from the son of a, a, a very, very prominent uh, Bible school where they've they themselves have said, we think we're probably influenced of over 80% of the world's pastors that are living today. We were having this long conversation about scripture and history. And if anybody had the courage to go read what it says and how it was interpreted and changed over, over the lifetime of history, as well as the scriptures, they would be shocked. But I want you to be shocked in a fantastic way, um, going, is most of the stuff that we were taught wrong? Absolutely. But I don't want people to focus on that. I want to talk about the thousand percent good news it was actually talking about. It was not talking about you're dirty and rotten and a sinner and you're this. It really what it was talking about is you partake of the nature of God Himself is what they were talking about. And I go go over the last couple of services if you want to know what sin literally means in the translation. That's what we were talking about. Is you know from the second to the fourth century where it really got codified is when. The Greek and the Latin started to interpret Eastern scriptures, Aramaic and Hebrew. They completely missed it at almost 180 degrees of what it was trying to show. And it's just all good news. But anyway, so check this out. I'm writing to those who you believe that you have the same nature as your father, which is God. Why? So that you can experience right now this quality of God's life now as a present possession you carry it. You can experience it right now. So that brings us back to the question again. How, if you share in the nature of God, which is present tense, I am, how does it work? Now, I want to share just a little story, and I want to go through Greg Braden, and I'm trying to keep this short because people can then dig into it, and we, we go more into it in um, the online fellowships on Sundays if people want to participate. But let me just give you an example. Uh, Barbara and I were out with the boys having some steak last night. And uh, there was a couple that you could overhear. Sometimes in a restaurant, you can overhear the conversations. And nothing wrong with this. But 
my heart was kind of grieved in the sense that I was like, God, they could have so much more if they just knew they, they shared in the nature of God. And it was this, so that I was listening to the husband, I'm assuming the husband and wife, I didn't really pay that close attention, talking to uh, who I presumed was his wife there. And, and he was saying, yeah, I get eight hours of vacation per pay period and all my uniforms are paid for. And, uh, and I just looked at my boys and I said, guys, did you hear that? I said, nothing wrong with that. If that's, if that's what you want. But if they could simply see themselves any way they wanted to be. So if God wanted to take that person and go, hey, you know what? Why would you ever limit yourself to eight hours of vacation per pay period? Why wouldn't you decide how much vacation you're going to take every year if you're God? God could do that when you carry the nature of God and you and he are one. See, this is where Western interpretation of scripture leaves out the most important part. He's trying to show you so you can partake of the quality of God's life, present tense right now. Not, oh God, take me someday in the sweet by and by, I'm going to get to heaven and enjoy life. He's saying, no, that will happen. But you can partake of that second nature where this, the, the whole world conforms to what you do within. The world bends and shapes. You can literally create something out of apparently nothing, but we know nothing. It's the, literally the essence of God, the light of God that we're all swimming in, the finished work of God we're all swimming in. So I told the boys, I said, hey, you know what? I said, isn't it amazing? If they ever caught this, they could simply go, you know what? They could get out a piece of paper and go, this is how my life is going to be and just write it out without any worry about where this life is going to come from, because the, what they realize is God, if he decides something's going to happen, just decides he's going to happen. And he says, this is how it's going to be. He decrees a thing. It's literally who his essence is, who it becomes. And, and we decree things 24-7 out of us. That's what quantum and the science is showing us, guys. And that world, everything bends and shapes to who we decide we are, who we believe we are right now. So they could have simply done this. Isn't it amazing that we have unlimited abundance? We can decide when we want to travel. We can decide who we want to do it with. We can decide how much, how much we're going to spend, whatever we're going to do. Why? Because we share in the nature of God, and that's present tense reality we become. And if they just started to see themselves that way as this unlimited being, that's not limited to eight hours of vacation per period, but they can do whatever they want, life will bend in shape to become to that. Now, it works the same way. Now, let me just show you through Divine Matrix again, Greg Braden's book. It's so good. It's worth the read again, if you want. And he's talking about, um, in the introduction, he's talking about how um, the quantum physicists were trying to describe something observable, the kingdom, however, runs by something we can't see, the spirit realm. So we're, we're trying to use physical speech and ideas to describe something we can't touch with our physical senses. Um, so just bear with me. But he talks about how the whole world, what we're showing is acts like a hologram, where every portion of whatever the object is, you have a picture and you cut it into a thousand parts, it makes a thousand smaller parts of the same picture. It says whatever the object is contains the, that object in its entirety only on a smaller scale. So meaning you just got a thousand smaller pieces of the same essence, which is God himself, guys. It, the whole world responds to this. And they're saying, once something's connected, it is always connected. Well, guess what? Everything was connected at, and is connected, but everything came out of the same womb of God, which was God himself. So everything that is 
is a small representation of the entirety, which is God himself. And scripture actually talks about these concepts. So, um, and this is so fascinating. It says, uh, and then what we come to realize is the world, everything we see with our five physical senses, actually is the mirror of things that are happening on a higher realm or the spirit realm or a deeper reality within us. Now, this is fascinating. The implications of being surrounded by a malleable world, meaning moldable, shapeable, which your imagination is the creative power of God, guys. It's, they actually use that imagery in scripture where the Lord and the Father is your imagination, which is a potter, one who shapes clay, one who shapes earthen vessels by a malleable world of our own making are vast and powerful. Our relationship to the quantum essence that connects us to everything reminds us we are creators as ourselves. As such, we express our deepest desires for healing, abundance, joy, peace in everything from our bodies and lives to our relationships. And we can do so consciously in a time and manner that we choose. This is the language of human emotion. So what we feel, if you start to feel peace, if you start to feel totally abundant, if you start to see yourself healthy, whole, abundant, creative, the whole world bends and shapes and makes the world bend to, to bring that to you. And he says, this is our relationship to the divine matrix. We're given the power to imagine, dream, and feel life's possibilities from within. And the whole world is malleable and shapes us and reflects back to what we've just created. So that just brings us right back to, um, uh, let's, let's just talk about the world again, you know, with the Ukraine and everything going on in the U.S. And what's really interesting to me is, is uh, uh, I was talking about this to my friend whose dad is the pastor of this mega Bible school. And we were talking about this very thing. And we said, you know, the whole concept that if you, if you believe what we were taught, which was really just solidified in the, from the second and the fourth century by Western thought, that you are separated from God and you're a sinner, it's complete lack. It's not true, for one. It's not true. That's the story you've been told. And this was interesting talk with our, with our Jewish family friends. They said, you know, you look under Constantine and the church, as we called it, uh, these church fathers were brutal guys. They, they basically, you think censors, censorship and things are bad now. They basically killed or threw you in jail if you disagreed with the church. Not a very churchy thing, is it? But that's our church history, which you, you wouldn't know if you grew up here. Um, and she was saying, God, they were brutal. They, they, they literally li eliminated all dissent. I go, I totally agree. So all you have been taught, guys, is what you've been taught. But the scriptures are a thousand times better than that, what I'm trying to show you. So literally, it's this idea that uh, um, you could think of a thing. What we we're, what were talking about, sorry to, to, to continue that thought, is when you see the world as sinners and something's wrong with humanity, where I need to go evangelize uh, because right now they're separate from God, you can never do what you're trying to do. And I think we've shown that, guys. I don't know how much money we've spent, trillions of dollars, whatever. And really, there's not a lot to show for it. Honestly, It's only where people decided, had creative ideas, which is the, the God, and go, this is how life is going to be, and it becomes. That's really a fascinating thing. But the fact that we think that something's wrong with them, therefore we must make them right, so we're praying for something, which is not the nature of God. The nature of God is present tense reality. So you share present tense. You have, you already possess is what it says. I own you in life. So praying for peace will never get you peace. Praying for health will never get you health. Praying for abundance will never get you abundant. 
praying for this nation will always cause more anxiety. But if you are, if you are, I, I am, and you, and this is where the International Peace Project and things have already shown this, everything is connected by God. So one change in one part has an equal and simultaneous change over all time periods, past, present, future, because he's I am, by what you experience right now. So if you really want peace, guys, the whole idea is you become peaceful. You see life and feel life, how much joy it would be to be in total peace right now. And that has that change in every piece of the world, which is held together by God's spirit himself at the simultaneous time. So the more of us that aren't praying for priests, not trying to do this, not trying to get people into, not trying to get God into people, which that's a, it's an impossibility. He's in every human being on the planet. So instead of starting to seeing people as away from God and, and another conversation, I'm probably not going to talk about, but this is the wackiness of Christianity. Sometimes it's like the antichrist and all this, like, Oh, please guys, please stop, stop. You present tense share in the nature of God. And this is effective prayer. How does, if God wanted anything to happen, what would he do? He would simply decide this is who I am. So you become peaceful. You see yourself as totally abundant, not trying to be, you are right now. You're already existing in your imagination exactly how you want life to be. I'm super abundant. Instead of eight hours per pay period, I have unlimited abundance. I am right now. And you feel the joy of deciding what you want to do tomorrow. Hey, you know what? I think we're going to go do this tomorrow. We're going to go ski tomorrow. We're going to Europe tomorrow. We're going to go do this tomorrow. Whatever you want to be. And life will bend and shape and mold itself to that. So if you see yourself as, as abundant with no lack, that simultaneous change happens in every part in, of the world where you just changed everybody a little bit to be more abundant with no lack. So stay in peace, stay abundant, stay in health. You'll see that you share in the nature of God right now and everything bends and shapes and brings that to your reality. You can have anything you want. All things are exist. All things are possible. You share in that nature, present tense reality of I am. That's how you create something, anything you desire in your physical world out of apparently nothing is to be it right now as if it's already real in your imagination and you stay in that emotion as if it's already real and you watch, it'll become staring right back at you very soon.